Welcome to The Design Diaries, a podcast for creatives, freelancers, and business owners looking for candid conversations and real advice. I'm Melissa, self-taught designer turned freelancer and now studio owner, here to share my experiences and help you reach your goals. Hello! Today is a really exciting episode because we're talking about making big changes in your business or in how you run your design practice. So this is inspired again by my own life. Um, I'm currently in the midst of restructuring the design studio because I have noticed some big problems in how I operate things for a while now. And now that I'm taking a bit of time to work on my design course and scooting away from booking client products for a couple of months, it's the perfect moment for me to really rethink how I want everything to run. So that way, once I get back into client stuff in the fall, I don't have to do any sort of finagling while I'm actually working with clients. So this episode is inspired by that. And I also wanted to talk about, with regards to big changes, how to know when to make big changes, how to prepare for them, what changes to make, and then how to uh, move forward. So let's just get on into things. The first thing is how to know when big changes are due. Big changes, um, what I mean by that, or is like restructuring, like what I'm doing, for example, like is it your operations, is it your services, is it your um, pricing? Those are are big fundamental things that, that do change the way that you're in your business that just take a lot of time and effort and thinking. Um, they could also be things like scaling up or scaling down, um, increasing collaborators, changing your processes, your client timelines, big things like that. Things that you can't just do on the fly and um, at any given moment. There are changes that take some foresight, some planning, and then might even take time off for you to, to do experimentation with and then re-implement. So I don't need to explain big changes to you. I'm sure you're familiar with what that's like, but just to give you context of what I'm specifically referring to in today's episode. So when to know when big changes are due. So I'm sure um, it seems a little bit obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway. I knew that a change was due for me when I started noticing the same problems or the same pain points recurring in my everyday business practices and also in my client projects. So for me, I'm just going to be candid and give you examples of what my pain points were, was collaborators. So I worked with developers, social media managers, junior designer. I also worked occasionally with copywriters and photographers. And I was noticing that the way that my client process was set up and my timelines did not really accommodate for one, communicating with those collaborators, two, giving them time to adjust their schedules or to get their schedules back and incorporating that into my client timelines and processes. And then also I didn't include any time for, um, for their feedback. And so I was realizing that all of my projects with my clients were becoming really, really long timeline ways, like way longer than I was proposing to them in our initial calls and booking them for because I wasn't accounting for timelines um, and bookings and and the busyness of the other people involved. And so I'm realizing now that the way it's designed is very like me centric and what works for me. But now that I'm growing and I am working with so many people and larger projects now, I really need to be accurately estimating how long projects are not only for clients but for myself so that way I'm not accidentally booking too many things at once um, because I, I normally book 
thinking that I'm only going to have like three at a time. But if one project takes double as long, then at some point I'm going to have four projects and then I'm swimming, you know, in too deep of a end of a pool. And then it becomes an issue for all my projects at the moment because I don't want to be spreading myself too thin. And I also don't want to be wasting the client's time or giving them inaccurate information. So that's just one example of how I'm restructuring my processes so that way I can include collaborators from the from the get-go, incorporate all of their timelines in before I even give a client due dates, before I even let clients know um, how long things are going to take, before I even send them a proposal, I'm restructuring exactly how long it takes on my end, how long it takes on developer's end, how long it takes on XYZ person's end, calculate that in total before I even put them in the bookings calendar. So that's just an example. So how I came to those conclusions, how I make those changes was one, I made observations on problems that I was having and I wrote them down. So that's just an example. I use the one I just talked about. I do a client testimonial form, but I also do kind of a check-in after each one of my projects with myself to see, you know, what went wrong or was there anything that could have been done better. So in a couple of my clients that I've had since January, I'm still working on now and it's literally May and most of my projects are supposed to go only like two months max. And so upon reflection of those projects, I was like, wow, I one of those reasons why it took so long is because I did not let them know that they need brand photography done before we started doing the web design. And so I, we had to wait for that. And another thing was that I didn't ask one of the developers um, that was needed for this project if they were available during the dates that I said it, we, we were going to work on the website. And so I had to wait for their availability. Um, and so I made observations on um, while I was doing the project on things that I should have done better or reasons why things didn't go according to plan. And I wrote them down. I just have a little notion um, list that I just jot things down in a bullet on. And those were some things that kept coming up for multiple projects. Um, so making observations on pain points or and also asking your clients, like, what could I have done better or what, what didn't work for you or was there anything that you would have improved upon and really paying attention to what they say, writing that down, making record of it. And then over time, as you are just operating your business, making little observations about different things here and there that you want to improve or you dislike, you're going to see a trend emerge or you're going to see maybe areas that are localized with these issues. And that is what you can start doing your your fixing, your improving, your restructuring. So after you make observations and um, really locate those pinpoints, you should, one, take your time with deciding when and what to do with those things because I think it's really easy as business owners and as go-getters like we are, whenever we see a problem and normally we have full control to fix it, we want to fix it right away, or we want to get a burst of energy and just look online on how to fix it and just do it. The issue with that, though, is that most of these big things are so personalized and um, aren't, aren't just things that we can Google. They're not things that we can just spend one day on and they're done. Typically, this big stuff like that takes a lot of thought and also takes a lot of self-reflection um, to really, really figure out what the solution for you is. Because I could easily just Google or go on YouTube or go on Instagram and or even book like a, a mentorship call with somebody and find out, okay, like how do you work with collaborators like how do you work with developers 
But realistically, that just because it works for someone else doesn't mean that if I copy and paste it to me, it's going to work immediately and then it's going to be seamless because I have my own way of doing things. I have my own preferences. I also maybe don't run the same way or think the same way as this other person that I'm getting their, their system from. And so you need to take the time to think about like what types of solutions would work for me and then also think about what you're doing now think about what you think the solution is and how to bridge the gap between the two because it's one thing to be like okay here's a problem here's how it, how I fix it so for in the example that I gave problem is you know I don't include collaborators in my timeline well solution included collaborators in the timeline it seems really simple but the issue um, and how I, I'm trying to bridge the gap now between what I currently do and that end goal solution is realistically then how do I quote for the proposals that I get because I send out a lot of proposals and very few of them actually end up becoming projects that we book and so how do I go about estimating these timelines correctly making sure all of my collaborators are available but not bugging them every single time I want to send a proposal or not bugging them um, for people who are ultimately going to ghost because that's a huge time waster too. So that's an example of something that I had to sit down and think more about and um, really try and personalize for me because some people what they do is they just hire like outright hire people to join their studio, um, become employees and so they don't have to worry about availability, they don't have to worry about any of that stuff and then they just update the timelines and it's the same per client and that works for some people but again after some thought, I'm not in a position to be having, you know, full employees that are, you know, receiving benefits and are working full time for the studio. I really only have the bandwidth to be working with collaborators that have their own practices. And so what what's a solution for me? And what I came up with that took me a lot of time and a lot of thinking to come up with was to um, essentially create like a retainer system with these collaborators. If I know for a fact that I get at least one website per month, like I always do, then what I'll do is I'll take the developer that I work with and I will pay them a premium for them to save me a spot every um, every month. So that way I'm not rushing or wondering or worried that I'm going to book a website and they're not going to be available um, because I know that I've set aside that premium, that retainer, and I incorporate that premium cost of that retainer into that website um, project. So that is just one way, it's a long-winded way of me giving an example of how a solution that seems very clear-cut and dry takes a lot of foresight and thought and a lot of maneuvering in order to fit my specific um, desires and my specific preferences and the way that I think and I work. So that's just one um, small little thing that I think we often forget that problem, solution, execution are all very different things. And so my biggest advice for you is to don't always look elsewhere for what solutions are supposed to be or don't always search or look for answers to be given to you. Not that you are, but at least for me, like one of my my issues or one of my problems that I do is that when I see something going on in my business and someone else seems like they don't have that issue is I immediately trust that what they're doing probably works and I should do it too. But I forget that like we're different people, we have different issues in business, we have different mindsets and ways that we operate. And so I need to figure out what's right for me because only I know the intricacies of my problem and only I know um, what's going to be best for me. 
Um, that's not to say that you shouldn't seek outside advice and that you shouldn't seek, um, you know, tidbits from people. Of course, I've, I like to hear about other people's processes and I like to hear about where it works for other people, but I like to take that information, digest it, and then come out with something that feels appropriate for me. And it might end up being the replica of someone else's or it might end up being a nice conglomerate of multiple processes or it might be because something completely new, who knows? So um, all that is to say, when it comes to really big changes, let's one, make sure that we are, are attacking the right problem and we're attacking the root of the problem. We're not just like, you know, plugging different holes, um, little things that might be masking a bigger issue. Um, two, take your time and really allow yourself to think, um, thoughtfully and critically about what it is that you should, um, do about it and what that solution is. And then three, let yourself, um, really personalize and, um, reflect on what the execution of that solution looks like for you specifically and don't or try not to um, depend too much on what others are doing to provide that solution for you. And then the last thing that I'll say when it comes to making big changes is to really let yourself um, do a lot of trial and error and testing and if that means letting your clients know like, hey, um, would you like to try out a new process with me? I've never done it before, but I would love your feedback on it. Or if it means letting collaborators know like, hey, this is my first time trying this new collaboration style out. Um, can you just be patient with me? Give yourself the space to make errors when you're making big changes like this. Um, and also don't become attached to those big changes because I like to experiment. Like with one website, I'll try that new that new developer system with the retainer. But maybe with another project, what I'll do is I'll do the um, reaching out to the developer and hearing about their availability each time because who knows which one um, ends up working better for me. And don't become attached to this like end-all be-all solution that you dreamt up in your head because when you actually go to execute it, it might end up being worse than what you originally had or it might end up being better but it's still needing tweaks. So just don't be afraid to like be upfront, honest that you are iterating things, that you are making changes and that things are new for you. Um, it can be kind of hard, especially if you're more established or if you've been doing things for a long time to let go and put yourself in a position to be wrong and put yourself in a position to make mistakes and mess up. But I think I've mentioned other episodes, people are more than willing to be understanding if you just let them um, understand, if you just give them the material to understand it. And so um, when it comes to making big changes, don't think that like you have to get it perfect and that this next revision or draft of how you run things needs to be the be all end all because the chances are you are going to need to reiterate a couple of times you are going to need to tweak and edit stuff before it becomes like a well-oiled machine and that's okay so making big changes is really scary but it's also really exciting and i wish you the best of luck if you are currently thinking of making some big changes or if you're anticipating some in the future or if you're just curious as to how things might go once you get to that point um, if you have any questions, as always, my DMs and um, my email are always open. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Design Diaries. We'll catch you on the next episode.